All right. Um. Yeah. Scream. Excited to do this one. It's as uh, Spook 'em Up Month continues. That's the S- Spook 'em Up Month. Yeah, that's the common name that we all use for this genre of movie. Nice. Spook 'em Ups. You got your dramas, comedies, your Spook 'em Ups. <laughs> um. So that's uh. Yeah. I'm I'm in the I'm in the spirit. I went to a costume party last night. That's why my voice sounds ridiculous because I of course was doing like a deep British accent all night. And now my uh. No, I sound like this. So it sounds great. I'm gonna try and fix it in post, but if <laughs> if it still sounds like this, that I'm gonna leave this explanation in, and if not, I'll take it out because it'll just be a waste of time. Sexy post-British voice. Ugh. <laughs> the way things are going, everyone will have a sexy post-British voice soon. <laughs> Mostly the post-British part. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, as you guys know, I don't know how to start the podcast, so it'll either be an oblique reference to the political situation in the UK or something along the lines of, <laughs> welcome to Late to the Movies. My name's Ben Holtz, and this is a podcast where my friends and I get to fill in our movie blind spots. Every week, we'll pick a movie that either I or a guest hadn't seen before and really should have by now. This week, the movie is Scream. Since another movie with that same title came out earlier this year, I'll specify it's 1996's Scream. Uh, yeah. My guest this week, left to right across your podcast aisle, we got Kate. Hello. Hello. We got Jeffrey. Hey, everyone. Hey. And that's, uh, that's where we're at. Did, does, uh, the 2022 Scream have any relevance? Yeah, it's, uh, it's the, it's this in the same franchise. Okay. Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox and David Arquette are in it. Okay. Is it's a remake yeah. of the original or just no. a, li- a, like, se- seventh? There is, uh, <laughs> What is a sequel when it's the seventh one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Technically the fifth one. Um, and it's, it's called Just Scream for a reason because much as the first movie has so many references to Halloween, the new Scream just being called Scream is itself a reference to the 2018 Halloween that's also just called Halloween. Oh, uh, okay. That um, makes sense now. Yeah. It's, uh, they, they do a whole thing about legacy sequels and stuff, much like Randy in this movie talks about the rules of horror movies. Yes. They talk about the rules of legacy sequels. But that's in <laughs> that's a different scream. <laughs> that's in a number of years when we get to the fifth screen movie. We're just talking about the first one today. But before we talk about it, uh, I always like to ask before we get into our topic of the week, if you guys have watched anything good recently, it Ooh. can be horror related, but it doesn't necessarily <laughs> have to be. Um, I am in the middle of. Dahmer. That's probably the most <laughs> horror related thing I'm watching right now. Um, I don't usually have to take breaks or pace myself because things are too heavy or dark, but I have definitely had to <laughs> with this. Um, Is this Dahmer Monster the Dahmer story? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Dahmer Monster the Dahmer story. <laughs> um, catchy title. Um, and uh, when I need something lighter than that, I'm watching uh, the newer season of Abbott Elementary. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were going to say when I need something lighter, I just listen to the Dahmer tapes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. 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 Abbott Elementary, I've never gotten into, but I know people like it a lot. Um, It's weird because I've been rewatching, not not even rewatching. I never got into, this is going to sound way out of left field, but it's not. Um, BuzzFeed on their YouTube page used to have a show called Unsolved that actually just wrapped up like less than a year ago. Um, where they had like different versions of it, but um, the unsolved supernatural was like a ghost hunting show, but it was pretty funny and good. And I only just watched all of it for the first time. Really good. Highly recommend. Um, Quinta Brunson, 
shows mm-hmm. shows up on one of the like after each episode they did like a Q and A episode yeah. in between episodes, and she like filled in for one of the hosts one of those. Back love that, love that. Before yeah. she was you know writing and winning Emmys and all that stuff for uh, Abbott Elementary, which I think she won like three Emmys for <laughs> just wow, recently. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. It's it's always um, and then that just puts you know the puts in mind that that that's a person who is like my age or younger who is like out winning you know yeah. big awards and stuff and <laughs> that still feels weird to I, me. I totally agree um it's a very wholesome show you should check it out and yeah people like awesome. it people seem to like it yeah um i have you're watching anything different from what kate's watching yeah we don't we don't. We, we watch things together and apart okay yeah <laughs> yeah she okay. watches way more apart than i do i don't watch too much else we're just making our way through the office Nice. The entire series. So we're in season eight now, I think. Michael mm-hmm. just left a few episodes ago. So okay. it's kind of sad, but. Yeah. There's some rocky terrain there for a bit, but it, it yeah. figures itself out. We're, yeah. we're in the rocky terrain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's uh, Will Ferrell right after he leaves. Yeah. And then we're, we're in the Robert California okay. era now. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then they, they eventually when Kathy Bates comes the next season or something. She's already been Mystery in it. To me. She's already been in it. Okay. Oh yeah, Who is yeah. That? She's in. She comes in it when um, they start when Saber acquires. Okay. Thunder uh, Mifflin, oh, which I think is like season six yeah. or seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and that lady from Doctor Who comes in. At yeah. Some point. yeah. Nelly, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Haven't met her yet. <laughs> is that is that a first time watch for you? Yeah. Oh wow! Isn't that wild? Yeah, it's I, weird. I I've s- made it so far. I have some friends, many of whom are frequent guests on this podcast, that that's still like their main point of any cultural reference. Mm-hmm. Um, because as millennials, we stopped aging. Yeah. Um, when when The Office ended 10 years ago, I yeah. don't think they've watched anything new since then. So <laughs> that's still all their references. All the gifts that they use that mm-hmm. let Gen Z people know that we're old. Yeah. Just Michael Scott gifts constantly in workplace slacks. Yeah. Know. I've just that's, been seeing them for years yeah. and being like, yeah, haha. ha. <laughs> and now I get them. <laughs> uh, every, every episode this month, which of course, Spook em Up Month, the normal name that we use for these type of movies, um, I've talked about the streaming service Shutter so much so that I've frequently been accused of being a shill, being a paid spokesman for Shutter. I am not. I I lose money on this show, as you guys know, every week. Um, but uh, Shutter, it's a good app, good streaming service, the only good streaming service, perhaps. Uh, I've been spotlighting them every week this month because they do. Um, what's the word? I guess spook em ups. That's their main <laughs> genre that they do. Did you watch this on Shutter? I haven't heard of Shutter. So no, I watched this on Paramount Plus. Unfortunately for me, because I don't like Paramount Plus. But um, Shutter is, uh, I think it's AMC owned technically, but whatever. They they just have horror movies. I use the word and um, <laughs> spook em ups. Yeah, they have they have like three live channels, which I feel like every streaming service should have that just has stuff going. Yeah. That like you can just tune in and you catch like five minutes of the weirdest thing you've ever seen or mm-hmm. some terrible eighty slasher that is just bananas um, yeah. and it's cool and and right now they still have a uh, a ghoul log going it's like a yule log but it's spooky <laughs> nice I feel like yeah what when when live TV became less popular like what were tattoo shops playing in the background right, you know yeah. this is perfect <laughs> just every time I go to my mechanic they're just playing like a random morning show yeah. Yeah. So that's that's all they have left now for live <laughs> R- TV. Random scary movies are the tattoo shop equivalent of yeah, the I think morning so. show. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and yeah, it's uh, it's it's a cool service. I've watched something on it every week this month, and um, I don't think I gave enough credit to this last time, so I'm just going to mention they're doing the 101 scariest moments ever as the show has gone on. Uh, they only do about like a dozen on episode, so they're not done yet, but they're getting close, and they have gotten scarier. I mean, if you're a big horror fan, it's probably nothing that unfamiliar, but there's a lot of stuff in there that I didn't know about, so it's cool to kind of like get recommendations. And so I feel like that's a good note to end, as this is the Halloween episode of this show. Uh, it'll come out on Monday, the 31st of October. So, you know, go forth and take some recommendations from there, because once this month ends, we're not legally allowed to talk about Spooky Mops on this podcast anymore. So. <laughs> Will this come out at like an hour on the 31st that people can still watch movies. Oh, yeah, yeah okay, it'll come great. out at 5 a.m. on the- Oh, perfect. Okay. People can spend their whole day. Yeah. Call out of work. Should. Call out of work. <laughs> watch watch uh, terrible slashers from the 80s, where it turns out a rock band was aliens or the devil or whatever. Um, or both. I think that's what happens in one of them. <laughs> <laughs> great. Scream. Let's transition. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this was new to both of you. I've seen it once before. I okay. saw it when it came out. Nice. Around that time. Yeah. I mean, I'm 36 years old, so, so it made yeah, a little were, more sense for me. I wasn't you were 11 five. when this yeah. came out. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was five. Did not see it when it came out or since then. Yeah. Um, so yeah, first time for me. Nice. This was, um, I mean, I love this movie. It's a great movie, but I only saw it for the first time within the last year. Wow. In the lead up to Scream 5, I kind of on a whim decided, because I like going to movies, I want to go see this new movie. It's a horror movie. I want to go see it opening night because that's when all the people are in the crowd and it's more fun with more people. Yeah. And um, I've always thought I'd like these movies. And I just, as I've mentioned many times this month, been just a scary cat throughout my life who doesn't really watch horror movies. (laughs) So that's why this was a blind spot. So. That week leading up to it, I watched all the previous four screen movies <laughs> and then went to see the new stream opening night. Nice. And I was like, mm, love all these movies. They're all good. <laughs> and I like them all. So that's where I'm at. Most people who actually watch these as they were coming out or not in one week um, have <laughs> varying opinions. For me, they're all good. I think this is the best one. The first one. Um, I probably said different before, though. I like three a lot more than general consensus seemed to like the third one at the time. I think four and five are both good. So whatever. <laughs> in my head, I pictured Sarah Michelle Gellar, who's in Scream 2, right? Yes. So that that is the image of Scream that I had. So um, we'll, do, we'll, do, we'll do a quick plot summary in a second. But yes, yeah, so Sarah Michelle Gellar is in the opening scene of Scream 2, mm. much like Drew Barrymore is in the opening scene of Scream 1. Um, anyway, so who, it can be any of us, wants to do a one-minute plot summary of Scream, parentheses, 1996, and parentheses. I'll give it a go. Okay, go when you're ready. All right. Um, a teen girl is home alone, Drew Barrymore, um, and she gets a phone call from someone who is asking her questions uh, about scary movies, including, do you like scary movies? Um and he is revealed to be outside of her house, revealed to have her boyfriend tied up and ends up murdering her boyfriend and then her. It's a very intense opening scene. Um, and then, you know, that we're in the situation where there's a killer on a loose in a small town um, in California. 
Um, and after that, it just becomes a people avoiding the killer situation, um, including at their high school. Um, the main character, Sydney, has a run in with the killer. About 15 seconds. Oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> Everything gets shut down. Um, there's a curfew. There's a house party um, because of the curfew. And um, killer comes to the house party. Principal is murdered. <laughs> a bunch of people leave the house party to go see murdered principal. Uh, killer is at the house party. You find out killer is Sydney, the main character's boyfriend and his friend. Um, Sydney's mom had been raped and murdered a year ago. And they were trying to frame her dad and she kills them with the help of a news reporter and a deputy <laughs> who yeah. are now in love. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> that sounds like Scream to me. It was Scream. It was scream. <laughs> Heavy focus on the first scene. <laughs> but I mean, that's the, that, that makes a lot of sense to heavy focus there because uh, Kevin Williamson, who wrote Scream and is on one, two and four. Four, I want to say, are the ones that he's written. Anyway, Kevin Williamson comes up with the idea, and he the script that he pitches, which he called Scary Movie. Ever ever heard of that? That obviously is a title that was too good not for someone to use eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, the original script that he writes is 18 pages, and this is essentially just what ends up being this first scene with Drew Barrymore. Uh, iconic, a word I like to use, never. <laughs> um yeah, that's uh, that's a really famous scene. Drew Barrymore in the kitchen, you know, talking about if she likes scary movies and stuff. I don't know. Uh, as a first watch, is that something you knew about going into this? Or I did not know about it. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, which was great. It was fun to watch for the first time. Um, I thought the stovetop popcorn was like an excellent <laughs> addition to that scene. Um, and it, you know, catching on fire and whatnot. Um, it felt very 90s. She looked very 90s. Um, and yeah, I loved it. I thought it was an awesome first scene. Yeah. It's weird. Cause Drew Barrymore is blonde, I think, but not that shade of blonde. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was a very nineties look. And this was, uh, so you saw this around the time it came out. Did you know that Drew Barrymore wasn't like the star of this movie? Cause that was a misdirect for a lot of people. I can't remember what I thought going mm-hmm. into the movie, but yeah, obviously it becomes pretty evident pretty fast, but I think I was a pretty big Nev Campbell fan at the time. So I there you know, go. watched some Party of Five in my days. Party so. Five, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely had a crush on her. So Fresh off the craft coming into Scream. Yeah. 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 Uh, it, I, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> she was supposed to be Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Other, changed to. And it's good. She's on the first Scream poster. She's the, like, the most prominent person on it is Drew Barrymore. Uh, and yeah, that's just, it's just a fun, fun thing to do. Obviously a very famous person at that point. This is our second Drew Barrymore. This one's about 14 years after Mm ET. Um, and yeah, she's legit famous person at this point and gets really brutally murdered at the beginning. Yeah. It was a fun surprise (laughs) after getting, you know, I mean, it's just so the movie has all this, the meta levels of it commenting and on and subverting the cliches of horror genre, especially slasher movies of the nineties. It's clearly obsessed with Halloween. So that's late seventies. This coming out in mid nineties doesn't seem to think that highly of anything that came out in between. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but it also isn't just commenting on the past, but it also feels a lot like, 
it, there's a reading of it that it's not too difficult to make that it's about like fandom mm-hmm. of these movies and mm-hmm. like the toxic gatekeeping mm-hmm. of Ghostface in this movie of Yes. You know, it's this happens so much with any woman who expresses an interest in like genre movies and then they're like, "Oh yeah, well what's the name of this person?" Right. Um right. and then 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 yeah. And this taken to its logical endpoint, I guess, in this opening scene here. It's just something that is uh, probably a kind of cheap reading, but that's what I get a lot from it today, too. And I'm sure there's some conversations that were happening then, too, but it just seems to be so turned up with gatekeeping and fandom, especially in genre movie culture these days. Totally. Yeah, I think there's a there's an explicit conversation about... Uh, not not fandom so much, but like, why couldn't a woman be, be the killer later in the movie too? Yep. Which I think, yeah, <laughs> same same deal. <laughs> yeah, it's a really interesting film franchise for how it uses its uh, female characters because Nev Campbell isn't necessarily playing a stereotypical final girl. No, she's like a little bit more of a badass than that usually is. Totally. Yeah, I was like it contrasting her with Drew Barrymore in the opening scene where she's immediately just like, bullshit, I'm calling your bluff. And she yeah. like goes out on the porch the first time she gets the ghost face call. And then even though she just commented on, you know, there's, there's a stupid girl who always runs upstairs and sit out the front door and then literally does that a few seconds later. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just a good movie. It, we could dig into every single joke, but we'll be here until uh, 4 p.m. So. <laughs> and as you know, we have a hard stop at 4 p.m. <laughs> yeah. So, um, one thing that people who don't, you know, want to listen to the whole episode like to hear up front is, did you guys like this movie? I did way more than I thought I would. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. We watched it um, in two parts because, as you know, my attention span yeah. leaves a lot to be desired. It <laughs> um, and and I loved it. I was excited to come back to it on night two. Um, and it was less scary than I anticipated, way funnier um, I, I didn't know that it was funny until oh, wow. like, what, I knew nothing about surprise. this movie, <laughs> um, which was great. It was, yeah, it was, it was a, a much, much more enjoyable movie than I anticipated yeah. would recommend. <laughs> yeah. Thoughts? Yeah. I liked it as well. I, I think it's like a pretty good balance between super cheesy horror movies and one that's actually good and has a, a plot that's interesting. The plot definitely keeps you engaged. I think you're, you're really curious, you know, what's going to happen next, who is the killer, all that stuff. Um, but it's also like pretty entertaining and, and just kind of funny and like that way. So I, I think it's a good balance of those two types of things for horror movies. Yeah, it's such um, a difficult thing to do. And we've talked a little bit about horror comedy before on the podcast, even this month, that it's like a really hard balance to strike. Um to be both commenting on and really calling out the cliches of the genre that you're doing, but still being able to do it effectively yeah, and being compelling and not just parody, like, like what, what ends up taking the name scary movie. Right. Exactly. Um, those movies aren't also actually thrilling plot wise. Right. Right. You know, so it's, it's a really hard line to walk and uh, I don't know, you know, it's a really good script. Good job, Kevin Williamson. And <laughs> I think they're all pretty interesting, all the many people who've worked on them. But another name we should mention towards the front of the podcast is Wes Craven. This is our second Wes episode. Uh, the last one, obviously, Nightmare on Elm Street, mm. referenced many times in this movie. Yes. Um, I love the, the 
the one thing that does feel kind of scary movie is just the the cut to the janitor who's just like yes. wearing the Freddy Krueger <laughs> yes. uh, hat and yeah, it's good. That was great. It's great. Uh, but yeah, so Wes Craven, we, we did the whole like, here's what Wes Craven's deal was on the last time we talked about him. So we don't have to do that this time, but just to point out, yes, this is, uh, this is a Wes Craven movie. Kyle, who was on the last episode, who uh, gave Nightmare on Elm Street a one Ooh. out of five. Uh, oh, this wow. is his favorite movie, but he was busy today. So that's <laughs> <on him. laughs> well, glad to hear Kyle likes it. Uh, apparently Wes Craven like did not want to do this movie. He was like, I'm done with horror for, for a while. <laughs> this, this is coming. So he does, he directs the first A Nightmare on Elm Street and then Wes Craven's new nightmare, I think is like 94. Mm. Uh, so maybe he was feeling burned by the horror industrial complex yeah yes the horror industrial complex um yeah yeah apparently it was like a real a real thing to get him to until he like read the script he got obviously very into it um i also think there should be a portmanteau between horror and comedy now after you said it out loud there's not it'd be clunky uh, yeah, yeah. Like dramedy heart uh yeah already already yeah <laughs> comor <laughs> both so bad Cordy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's a tough line to walk with. Um, I guess House is close, but of the movies we've done this month, we talked about Barbarian a lot, and that's a recent one that's sort of doing, not sort of, that is doing horror and comedy, but also trying to be an effective horror at the same time. It's doing it sort of well. He used a lot of words like trying there. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Barbarian a lot, um, but it's not, it's, it's a lighter touch on the talking about like cliches and like subverting and stuff. It's mostly <laughs> just, it just is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That sounds so negative. I like Barbarian a lot. <laughs> I haven't seen it, so. <laughs> it's, uh, I think it's, they're doing a really smart thing where it's, if you're listening to this now, I think it's already out on streaming. Um, so yeah, it made its money and it went to streaming before Halloween. So that's smart move by them. Nice. Anyway, the three main people throughout this franchise introduced in this movie are Nev Campbell, as we already talked about, Courtney Cox is, mm-hmm. is Gail Weathers and David Arquette is Deputy Dewey. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, um, they have probably a different vibe than what you were expecting, especially Courtney Cox and David Arquette. Totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Big Friends fan. Um, <laughs> I've, I've watched it through uh, several times and, and very intentionally, at least twice. Um, and yeah, not a Monica in this movie. <laughs> um, I thought, yeah, Gail Weathers uh, was was a great character. Super surprising. Um, I loved how like money hungry and cold she was. Uh, yeah. I thought, thought she was fantastic. If, if you go through and feel the you know desire to watch the rest of these you'll see that her hair is always ridiculous Mm -hmm. she has like those crazy blonde streaks in this one yes she's kind of i think in two is the one where she sort of has like tiger stripes in her nice (laughs) uh but yeah does that's that's gail weathers for you uh yeah i I wasn't sure if the highlights were as bad in 96 like i was like are are those standard 1996 (laughs) is this normal (laughs) trying to remember what kids had on the playground right A lot of frosted tips, I know. This is so many frosted sync was big, but um yeah. So this is two years after the start of Friends, I think. So mm-hmm. this is probably peak for Courtney Cox. Right. Yeah. It's gotta be. Um and she's 
really good in this movie. So good. So good. And and did her and David Arquette met at like the opening party or, you know, pre-party mm-hmm. for for this movie, which is pretty bananas. Yeah. Like, and yeah. the 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 age difference, I think, is accurate, what they say, because she's, I think, like 32 at this point. He is actually 25. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like he plays older, but it's, it's tough because it, I just still have that thing where I know he's like 20 years older than me. Mm-hmm. So even if I'm seeing him... In this movie, you know, six years younger than I am today, he still feels like he's older than me. Totally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember having the thought that it was interesting that he he was living with his sister because um, they were, like, talking about going home together. And I had I was like, oh, how old is he um, before they announced his age? Um, yeah, younger than I thought, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he he recurs. I don't they kind of, I mean, Rose McGowan plays his sister. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's had a weird career too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know much about her. I did read um in my my post screen googling that she she uh, dyed her hair blonde for this role and it was like also a an intentionally crappy like hair dye job. Yeah. So <laughs> I love that they just leaned into that. <laughs> yeah, you got to lean in. Yeah. Yeah. But uh man, yeah. She was great. Cool movie. Every yeah, everyone's good in this movie. Everyone's doing the right the right things. <laughs> I um, oh, I loved that. I loved the Courtney Cox David Arquette scene where um they tumble into the woods. Yeah, uh, classic. Classic. Like you know, it it felt like they were not only subverting horror in that scene, but also like the like you know classic romance. Like whoopsie, we fell, and now I'm like on top of you. Like you know. Yeah, and I, I like that. I mean, everything they've set up with Gail, you kind of assume that she's just sort of using him to get access to the party. Mm-hmm. And, but it also seems like she genuinely is sort of, you know, charmed by him. Yeah, I think so too. Not sort of, she like definitely is. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. End up, yeah, she, she was, I feel like her likability went up in a solid line (laughs) throughout the movie. Yeah. And it's, they have pretty similar arcs throughout the movies, but it's, you know, there's, there's different modulations and variations, you know. Nice. <laughs> she she gets more famous and that kind of resets her priorities again. And then she has to, you know, by the end of the next movie, she has to get back to being like a good person again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, all that shit. That, yeah, that's interesting. Have you, Jeffrey, have you seen any of the sequels? No. No. Oh, sad. <laughs> people, people really like two. We'll have to watch them. I like all of them, but people really like two a lot. All right. That yeah. seems to be, as someone who wasn't there for the conversation when it was happening, <laughs> that seems to have been the consensus. In like what year? What year did two come so, out? So next year, uh, 1997. Oh, wow. Quick the, turnaround. The Scream, the Scream franchise is funny. because So um, 96, 97, 2000, those first three. Yeah. 11-year break, 2011 is four. 11-year mm-hmm. break, Scream 2022 is wow. 2022. So yeah, the first three come out in a four-year span. And then the next two had come out in a 22 year span. <laughs> nice. <laughs> also, do you, this came out at like Christmas time. Yeah, perfect which time. Is hilarious. Perfect time. <laughs> I don't know. When, when would be a good time for it? On I, Halloween, it, obviously. It, okay, well, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Comes out late September because it's like you get the back to school kind of yeah, vibes. Yeah. And yeah. Then, then you play right through Halloween. Yeah. That, yeah, I think that would be the best time. <laughs> yeah, well, apparently. Um, 
somebody, it might have been Wes Craven, thought like, well, the people who are like into horror and like, you know, the, the punky teenagers won't have anything else to watch right now because there are just a lot of family Christmas movies coming out. So <laughs> it worked out. <laughs> yeah, it was the highest grossing slasher of all time until in a, in a full circle kind of way, uh, Halloween 2018. Mm. And I think adjusted for inflation is still the highest grossing slasher. Yeah. Yep. Um, damn. Cool movie. Uh, so you guys said you watched it in two parts. I feel like the movie, watching it this time and it actually like taking notes, so like pausing so I can take notes, I noticed that it really is split almost in half. So I'm wondering where you like paused for part two because you get the first, the whole thing's over the course of what, like two days, three days, I think? Yeah, I guess it is probably uh, a couple days. Yeah, And the first hour leads up to Stu's party and then the last 50 minutes is all at Stu's party. Mm-hmm. I think we paused right before the party. Did we see the principal get killed? We saw the part, principal part get part killed. One, so I think it's... Yeah, that's probably the, a good end point. Yeah, we saw the principal yeah. get killed both times. You know, that was oh, yeah. that was the scene. We were like, oh, we yeah, just about place. here. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so yeah, pretty, pretty close pre-party. It was like principal killed... Um, Deputy Dewey told to like keep an eye on Sid party. Party, yeah. Yeah. So it was a pretty, pretty good stopping point for sure. Episodes one and two. Uh, you, you, you guys were talking about though the plot is actually interesting, which mm-hmm. isn't always the case with, you know, if you're watching a horror movie or especially a slasher and maybe you're just there and maybe the movie is just serving up, you know, kills and like no plot. But yeah, it feels really pro- propulsive. And then once they get to the party, it's just like, I feel like everything that happens at the party is so good. Wild. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you, I mean, it was, yeah. Again, with, with the like cliches that they're playing into, it's like, of course, like you see Tatum go into the garage and you're like, no, like bad, bad, bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and ev- like every, every kill at the party was so cliche in the best way. Um, the like yeah. virginity kill situation yeah. with Sid. <laughs> And yes. Billy. Was, yeah. yeah. The, they're cutting between the people in the party are literally watching Halloween. If for some reason you haven't seen Scream, they are watching Halloween while this is happening. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And cutting back and forth. And Jamie Kennedy, who we haven't mentioned yet, Jamie Kennedy is in this and surprisingly good in this role mm-hmm. um, for a guy who's mostly known for, I guess, the Jamie Kennedy experiment. <laughs> yeah. um, for that one weird character he plays in Harold and Kumar. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, and not a lot else. He's really, he's really good in this as, as this kind of guy, mm-hmm. um, guy who would work at a video store and know yeah. all this stuff and like pause movies at parties and be like, what well, you guys need to understand. <laughs> um, yeah. So you cut back and forth. Yeah. The, yeah. That was so great. Talking about how like the first rule is like never have sex. Yeah. The only way you can get through this, uh, like a movie like this is if you're a virgin and then cutting back and forth between Sydney having sex. Yep. Uh, smart shit. So yeah. So never, never say I'll be right back. Right. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, those are the rules. And the then rules. him like screaming at the TV, like turn around, oh, turn yeah. around. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so cool. So Thank yeah, you. it was great. Ghostface was behind him. So he's yelling at the character to turn around. He needed to turn around. Yeah. So yeah, it was amazing. And Sydney and Billy's relationship from the get go, um, really killed me. Um, I, I liked, I, uh, I went, <laughs> yeah, killed, killed somebody. Um, I, you know, obviously they, they play with whether he's the killer right from the, uh, pretty early on in the movie, um, when he's arrested. But 
I uh, I went back and rewatched the first bedroom scene because I was like, there was some line he said in there that just like cracked me up. Um, and it was he he said um, that he wouldn't dream of breaking her underwear rule, which I just thought was like the funniest thing. And uh, and then I realized watching it again that he said he was home watching The Exorcist and it made him think of her. Like, yeah, <laughs> just an extremely fucked up <laughs> situation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's. Uh it seems like a town that I would be pretty popular in because all these kids only talk in movie references. Totally. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, uh, we were a solid R heading to an NC 17, but we've been mostly rated PG 13 lately. Yes. Which, which was confusing because it seemed like their, their relationship hadn't been super sexual before. Um, so. Yeah, I, I, I guess the implication is because they've been together since before her mom was murdered, uh, right? The yeah. implication is since then she's had intimacy issues, which, right? And they were like hot sure. and heavy, but hadn't hadn't had sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's uh, Skeet Ulrich who does. Yeah, you should just watch the other movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was he was really great. Yeah, he's very obviously dead at the end of this one, but in some shape or form does make an appearance in it in the most recent movie. So interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not really a spoiler. That happens pretty early on anyway. Um, yeah. So one of the big questions of these movies, did you know who the killers were? Uh, who else did you suspect? How early did you figure it out? Could you track who was doing each kill? Mm. Etc. Any any of those spark joy? Yeah, I didn't. You? I didn't know. I I don't think I knew. Or I didn't feel like I knew for sure. I mean, I yeah. think like part of it is you're you're like not really you're conflicted on Billy, right? Because like yeah, you like want to believe it's him, but you're like, but that'd be too easy, right? And then it is, and it's yeah. like, well, it is him. And then yeah, the part the part about there being two killers is pretty interesting. Like you don't really yeah. consider that either, right? You don't. Like, that was that was probably the biggest twist, right? Like yeah there are two people a real lake placid situation (laughs) (laughs) and you jeffrey you had forgotten who the killer was yeah right yeah perfect that probably makes the watch a lot better yeah 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 Yeah, hadn't seen it in over 20 years yes so (laughs) i I love that it repeatedly calls out and tells you that billy is the killer from the first time that sydney even knows there's a killer totally totally um and then the the mystery you, you you it tricks you into thinking you're smarter than it mm-hmm. because you're like, oh my God, I can't believe we're still playing out. Does Sydney think he's the killer or not? Right. In the scene post like, after they have sex. And then the misdirect of having it look like Ghostface kills Billy. Right. What, yeah. What do I have to do to prove that I'm not the killer? Yeah. Like, be killed. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a good misdirect. Yeah. That, that was fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, I suspected several people. Um, I thought it was going to be like, I didn't think it was going to be one of the teenagers. Um, from the second they started suggesting that I was like, no way. Um, but there was a moment, um, in the bathroom scene, uh, the school bathroom scene where I thought it might've been Dewey. Um, because when Ghostface jumps down off of a toilet, there's a, he has boots on, um, in a way that they looked like police boots to me. Yeah. Um, that is also where I got my first glimpse at what became an obsession for me throughout this movie, which is that Ghostface was wearing a sparkly robe. <laughs> and I just, I thought that was amazing. The sparkles just like added joy 
yeah. to my watch of this movie. <laughs> so good. Yeah, I think it's like not not even implied. They specifically say that it's like an extremely cheap Halloween costume yeah. that you can buy anywhere. Yep. Um, and yeah, I feel like that's like the really thin fabric that for some reason is a little sparkly yes. that so many from a bag Halloween costumes are made out of. Totally. It's like sparkly because the elastic is showing or right, something. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yep. It is. It's, it's, it's fabulous. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think there's a thing with, and, and I would wonder, I mean, this probably comes up with a lot of horror movies, but it's tough to shoot actually black clothing or mm-hmm. actually black hair in movies because mm-hmm. it just looks like, you know, there's a face in the middle of it floating. Right. Um, I'd imagine if you're doing ghost face, that's probably what you might actually be going for. But, you know, like in the Harry Potter movies, Alan Rickman's Snape wig is actually dark blue. It's not black mm, because if it was black, you wouldn't be able to see his hair. Huh. Because uh, that's how cameras work. Anyway, did, did you have any suspects throughout? Not really. I didn't really I didn't really think about it too deeply while I was yeah, watching just, it. Just so. along for the ride. Yeah, exactly. It's, it is it is a great ride. It's such a fun movie. Yeah. Yeah. The Neil Prescott as a suspect was interesting. They had me. Great. Yeah. And Jamie Kennedy, before they even get in, I think like two scenes before the police decide he's the number one suspect. Yeah. saying like, the dad's a red herring. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It makes too much sense. It's obviously a red herring. (laughs) Yes. That was, that conversation was in the video star, right? Yep. That, that was an awesome scene. Um, That's also one. Yeah. Well, that's one of the scenes, him and Matthew Lillard, who were just, you know, Lillard's great in this movie. Another person we haven't really talked about yet. And this is well, yeah, a might few be years favorite. before Scooby-Doo, I think. Yeah, it might but, be my favorite character in the movie. Yeah. Stu. Stu. Yeah. He's great. L- Lillard is another guy who I feel like should have had a better career. <laughs> um, but is, oh man, he's so good in this. But yeah, that scene's amazing. It's so good. And when it, they're it, talking about who the killer is and, yeah. you know. Jamie Kennedy's like, yeah, it would make sense. Yeah. If this was a movie, I would be the prime suspect. Right. <laughs> I love scary movies. Yeah. And it also, uh, that scene like rooted the time period of this movie so much for me. Like, a, they were in a video store. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah. Like who didn't spend their Friday nights in Blockbuster in 1996? Yeah. Uh, I know I did. Um, and they were talking about the millennium in such a hilarious way. And um, that the, <laughs> loved the quote that, it's the millennium. Motives are incidental. Yeah. Um, yes. It was amazing. And, um, you know, part of that conversation was like millennium. Like Billy is like, it's a great word. It's like the first time one of them had mm-hmm. heard the word millennium. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's really smart that they are in between literally as they were writing the movie, Kevin Williamson and the team that ended up adapting or uh, expanding it they couldn't decide if it should, if it was scarier, if there's no motivation or if they should mm-hmm. have a motivation. So the audience was satisfied at the end and they just decided to do both. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. That was cool. Billy yeah. has motivations to doesn't peer pressure. Peer pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, video scene is so the video store scene is so good. Yeah, for sure. And I, they had me like, in a cheesy way, convinced about Neil Prescott a couple times. I was like, oh man, I mean, where is he though? Like, where is he? <laughs> like either he's for sure dead or, um, you know, or it's him. Um, so yeah, the, the fact that he came out as a, you know, captive at the end of the movie, um, was, was super interesting. They cloned his cell phone, which was like, I don't even know like what yeah, technology. Interesting. <laughs> I don't know. 
like, I don't know what that cellular. means. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like, why didn't you just steal it? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, right. I guess they they hadn't they hadn't gotten him yet. Yeah. At that point, I suppose, because after the Drew Barrymore scene, he hasn't left for his business trip yet or whatever. That's true. So I guess they hadn't they hadn't snagged him yet. Yeah. Hadn't Smashed snagged him. him. I think it's actually like kind of an interesting part of the plot to consider. Like I think you know, in twenty twenty two, we take cell phones for granted, but in nineteen ninety six, they weren't that common. And probably not that common at all for high schoolers to have a cell phone. Mm-hmm. And you have two killers. They have to communicate somehow. So presumably they both have them. But like obviously there's no like text messaging and a lot of technology we have today doesn't exist. So like yeah. the coordination I think is like kind of like more interesting to think about that way than it yeah. would be today. That that it's so incriminating to Sydney's mind that Billy even has a cell phone. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It might go over your like head in twenty twenty two. Drops out of his pocket. <laughs> You must be the killer. Like, why else would you have a cell phone on you right yeah. now? Yeah. And then yeah. that's interesting. So in the 2022 scream, there actually is the the opening, the obligatory opening scene. It's um, the character in it is getting like threatening text, text messages. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, because, yeah, this is one of the movies that you're like, wow, it'd be so much different if they had, if everyone had a cell phone, if everyone could text or Google something or whatever. And Right. Yeah. They confront that head on in the new one, which is good. <laughs> So good. Yeah. Um, I also, I thought it was really in uh, another like piece of kind of cultural commentary that I thought was really interesting and kind of meta is like scream is, you know, the exact type of movie that, um, people blame for violence for real life violence. And in fact, like it has been of course blamed for inspiring a number of murders. Um, and they address that very directly. Um, at some point, might even have been in the video store about whether, whether movies make quote unquote psychos. Um, and Billy says, don't, don't you blame the movies? Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative, (laughs) which was, uh, I thought a great line. Yeah. Yeah. that's, that's one of the things he says after he's like revealed to himself, I think at the end. Right. So was it? Oh wow! Yeah, I remember. I think when they're in the the three of them are in the kitchen or whatever yeah. inside she, the I house. I think she says you've watched too many movies. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's how I recall. Yeah, yeah. And the question, the like, if this were a movie, like, kind of thing that kept coming up was interesting. Like, you know, in yeah. the, in the bedroom. Like, yeah, it, you and, know. They, and they do heavily imply that they weren't going to kill her yeah. if she hadn't had sex. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. A lot of interesting misogyny, like th- explicitly thrown around. <laughs> yes, very yeah. it, calling out a whole lot of movies that had to, you know, eighties and nineties, just full of like straight to VHS mm-hmm. slasher movies that break every rule. That well, not break every rule. I guess you know, lazily cling to every rule that is called out in this movie, and it obviously. And swings the pendulum so far in the other direction that by 2000 you have the scary movie franchise, right? And right. Then you have uh, then you have different problems with uh, the genre. But anyway, yeah. So I didn't mean to take us off branch. <laughs> no. Yeah, d- d- definitely don't have sex and make sure you know all your movie trivia if you're going to say you like scary movies. <laughs> right? Yeah, because you don't know how violent the gatekeeper is that is asking you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> It is funny. We did. We have done Halloween and Friday the Thirteenth on the podcast now. So yeah. Oh, nice, nice. It is. It is weird that it's Jason's mom in the first Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. <laughs> um. 
Yeah, I didn't know that. So that that was a surprise moment for me. I, yeah. I was like, oh, great. She answered it correctly. <laughs> she thought she did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I like this the day leading up to Stu's party where there's just a number of times where like you can see Ghostface. He's just like kind of walking around the town. Yes. <laughs> it is again, very Halloween where Michael Myers is just in the background of a lot of shots leading up to Halloween night. Yep. Anyway. Yeah, that was great for sure. It's, it's just a, it's, it's just a banger of a film. Agreed. Yeah. I, I am excited to watch more. Um, excited to know that, Gail comes back and is Gail's like mean again. I, I like, yep. you know, I was almost disappointed that she was a, a good person by the end of it, or at least some, oh, some sort of hero. You'll be fine then. <laughs> I loved, yeah, just they the, they just keep resetting as she gets more famous. She wants more fame. So that that totally tracks. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. She was uh, she was something in the. Um, if I'm right about this, I could save a man's life. Do you know what that would do for my book sales? <laughs> yeah. Favorite gal line um, of the movie. Courtney Cox is really funny. I feel like anytime I've rewatched Friends, mm-hmm. I like Monica's so appealing. And yeah. I feel like, I mean, the show was conceived to be about Courtney Cox. And then obviously they scrapped that pretty early and it's an ensemble show, but she's like the only famous person going into Friends. Right. Um, has to be the most famous person coming into this. Although I guess Henry Winkler and people really like him too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, she apparently had to like kind of beg to be in this movie um, because people didn't think she would be believable as like yeah. a mean person. She's so good. <laughs> so good. Yeah. She crushed it. So yeah. I guess that's just, I've never watched Cougar Town, but I assume that's a similar skill set that she uses on Cougar Town. S- sadly, I have watched Cougar Town. Um, it, is, it is not great. Um, <laughs> I most of what I know about Cougar Town is from references on Community. Nice. <laughs> yeah, she uh, different character. Like she's kind of um, she's vain, but not not like money hungry and like chaotic in the same way that Gail Gail Weathers is. Right. Yeah. She. I mean, her. I feel like her and Stu were the most chaotic characters in this movie to me. Yeah. Um. His like neck veiny situation at the end was like so yeah yeah we should talk about the kitchen scene at the end because we haven't yes. really gotten into it yet um it turns when billy falls down the stairs revealing that he wasn't dead yet and then gets to the door gets the gun out of sydney's hand and then mm-hmm. of course makes a movie reference we all go a little mad sometimes mm-hmm. shoots jamie kennedy randy and uh then is like norman bates yes. psycho um <laughs> Yeah, man, that's and then the rest of it's just a rip roaring time. It's so yeah. good. You tell they they have like a solid plan, but they keep having to make adjustments. Yes, yes. <laughs> they keep they keep taking their eyes off of Sydney, which is a mistake. Mistake. She's too much of a badass. Too much of a badass. Yeah, and uh, damn, cool stuff. All that. All that's great when they're talking about motivations and you know they're so creepy and then they're doing the stuff where they're stabbing each other to yes. like make it look like that. I love that it like wasn't a real stabbing with Billy the first time. And you know, there's commentary about like corn syrup and yeah. you know, whether it was fake um, and that they like waited to really stab each other, <laughs> like somehow trusted each other to not injure them each other. Um, which obviously doesn't work out. They're both very injured by, by, yeah. well, and, and, and then dead. Um, 
but yeah, they, they had to have fake wounds so that it would be believable that Neil Prescott killed everyone and then himself. Um, they were just left for dead. Yes. Which. Yeah. yeah. I, I love Lillard's whole performance in that scene where he's just going completely bananas. Mm-hmm. Um, he just turned up to 11 is so good, but, but the best, for me is when he's like on the phone mm-hmm. when Sydney calls with the voice thing mm-hmm. and he's like obviously dying because he's lost so much blood. Yep. And he's like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> and she asked him what his motivation was. Beer break. <laughs> yeah. 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 I kind of felt bad for him. Yeah. This, oh man, that last scene's great. I think too. I think the one thing that was funny too is like <laughs> stewed by far has the cheesiest death with the TV. Mm-hmm. Like oh, I yeah. definitely like, got rolled my eyes a little bit. I'm like, all right, I guess like you got to have one of these, right? This yep. is like pretty sure you can't die that way, but I guess fine. Totally. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, it was a, it was a tube TV, so it was pretty heavy, Maybe, but yeah, but you got like it electrocuted and yeah, stuff it too. It's like, <laughs> it would just turn off. It wouldn't electrocute <laughs> yeah. you. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the shot on the screen is Laurie Strode with the knife. Mm-hmm. Like defending herself. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That and the garage door death of Tatum. Oh, yeah. Like, I forgot about that one. <laughs> I was like, could you die that way? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That one's brutal. Yeah. That's creative. Yeah. Yeah. That was, really yeah. That's good. That's got to, that's got to be a Wes Craven punch up. Yes. Oh, and, and, uh, you know, in one of the last scenes too with, um, Courtney Cox, like not having the safety on there playing with like the, like women are stupid and don't know how to use guns. Like, um, and of course she ultimately is like, who learned to use the safety now, (laughs) uh, which was great. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I, I love the how much time's left after they reveal that it's them mm-hmm. and she like gets away, gets back outside. Yeah. Dewey goes in, gets stabbed. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, throughout the rest of the series, Dewey's really the one that bears the brunt of the actual like physical scars of all these killings and mm-hmm. stuff. Whereas Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox don't really. Um, but yeah, you'll, you'll see. We'll see. I mean, he was stabbed in the back. I was impressed. He was alive. <laughs> Yeah, he's pretty messed up. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. I imagine. He's pretty messed up going forward. Um, he's, uh, yeah. But Arquette's so good in these movies. Um, he's he's really good in the most recent Scream also. Great. Um, yeah, I actually haven't seen him in that much. Um, yeah. In my head, he was, you know, Courtney Cox's husband. And, right. Um, <laughs> he's tried to be a wrestler a few times. <laughs> right. Yeah, Jeffrey told me that, like, this morning. And I was like, what? Um, he also, he was... He had a like very brief stint in Friends as Ursula's boyfriend, um, which is great. But everyone's had a brief stint in Friends. Everyone by the yeah. end. <laughs> Paul Rudd's in there. Oh yeah, yeah, he's great. <laughs> Gary Oldman has a short arc. <laughs> that's everyone. <laughs> that's, that's everybody ever. Um, I also I loved Ken on the windshield of the car. That was <laughs> Ken. Was it was Ken Kenny. Um, yeah, great, great character. <laughs> there's uh yeah, there is a great moment where when Gail gets in the van and it's like very obviously already covered in blood. Yeah. But she just thinks it's whatever, I guess. Yeah. And then, you know, it, it's very like nightmare stuff. It does make me think, oh yeah, Wes Craven made this movie. That's right, just right. so much blood. And there's like blood like dripping clearly from the roof, yeah. but we're going to drive away anyway. Yeah, and she she has the windshield wipers, and when it moves over, it hits the light and 
becomes, you know, bright red right. corn syrup colored blood. Um, yeah, yeah. And I love that she's just like, sorry, but I got to get out of here. <laughs> he and just, he just like slides off into a fence. This like large man just like tumbles onto her windshield. <laughs> she has to get him off. Yeah, that was great. Cool movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was a cool movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. Any any other thoughts on screen? Oh, I the one the really quick joke, a couple really quick jokes right at the end where Jamie Kennedy is not dead. And he pops up and he's like, I've never been so happy to be a virgin. Yes. <laughs> Just like, oh, yeah. yeah, he's got plot armor. He can't, yep. he can't die. Um, yeah. No, that, I love that. That. Does, that does come back for his character. Yep. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's thing where, you know, you always got to double tap the the murderer because they always come back for one last scare. Oh, right yeah. At the end. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a thing throughout this series, too. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope Neil Prescott was okay, you know? Yeah, I forget. I haven't watched these movies, and I watched them all in a brief period of time. There's something with her dad. Yeah. Does he have any lines in the movie at all? Or uh, yeah, like I'll I'll be at the Hilton. Yeah, I thought I heard. Oh, okay. <laughs> Pretty much. I, yeah. I thought I heard screaming. Okay. <laughs> like four lines. All right. Yeah, he runs and he's like, I thought I heard screaming. Yeah. 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 Like all right, I'll be at the Hilton <laughs> by the airport. <laughs> and I always forget. And, and I mean, there's the only shot of him is. I guess the equivalent of like archival footage. It's it's a Sydney watching a news shot, uh, whatever. I can't think of the words, but you, Cotton Weary, the guy who is yes. in jail for killing her mom, mm-hmm. but played by Leo Schreiber, who is like an actual famous actor who I guess wasn't at this point because <laughs> he's not really in this movie. He's in like fake B-roll of a fake news broadcast that a character is watching. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Yeah, that's that, that was... That, that's Ray Donovan. <laughs> yeah, he was... Uh, right? <laughs> he The... Um, Neil? No. Oh, the Cotton Weaver. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, he was... He barely was in the movie. I mean, he was in it when he said bye to Sydney, I guess, in this news clip, and then as a hostage of... Okay. I've never watched Ray Donovan, but yeah, he plays Ray Donovan in Ray Donovan. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't remember what Cotton Weaver looks like. I didn't catch that, so I'll have to. Cotton Weary. Cotton Weary. Is... Cotton Weaver is also. Different thing. Um, <laughs> he's he's in, he's actually a character in two and, th- and three. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Okay. And it's the same actor? hmm Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, I and I loved, I loved that, you know, playing with whether Sydney kind of knew that he might not have been her mother's murderer, um, early on too with, with Gail. Yeah. Um, I thought that was interesting. She kind of like, she's like, Oh, you don't, you're not so convinced anymore. Are you? And you know, we, we had some, some awareness that it could be the same person, um, that killed her mom. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It introduces. Yeah. It's it's just really well written. It is introduces yeah. a lot of things that it teases out later in different ways, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, the writing was incredible, and and apparently like done in a couple day stint, like you know, lock myself in a house during finals week style. Yeah, yeah, and it's I mean you can tell that they started from that first scene because it does seem like everything he wants to say is in that first scene. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but. The, the rest of it works too. So it's not, it, it's not a letdown at all after that. No, totally. Yeah. Unlike this podcast where we definitely have been down to ever, <laughs> since, ever since we started. Um, 
going going into year two now. It's not going to get any better. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, any any final thoughts before we get into ratings? Mm, no, I think we covered it. Okay. Well, on a scale of actually, you can start at half uh, on a scale of half to five on any scale of your choosing, as long as it isn't stars. Rate this movie. Your ratings will be added to our Letterboxd page. That's late to the movies on Letterboxd. When I say two like that, it means the number two, not T-W-O. Uh, I would give it, I think I'd give it five pumpkins. Five pumpkins. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Four and a half to five. It was great. I'll, I'll stick Which with, one though? It's really important. I, I'll stick with, I'll stick with four and a half because I want to watch you cut a pumpkin in half. Um <laughs> But it, it was great. An overly carved jack-o'-lantern. Exactly. Uh, I'd give it four bags of popcorn. <laughs> I think it's, yeah, four out of five feels about right. Do they still make those, like, stovetop popcorn things? I, I yes. I feel it's like they sell them pop, at, like... right, is what yeah, it's called. Yeah. But at, like, camping yeah. stores. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Although I think yeah. it said you weren't supposed to use it over a campfire, just the stove. We always burn the crap out of it on a campfire, so... Yeah. Yeah, it's a much less controlled... Yeah. She actually source. did a really, really good job popping in the movie. Unfortunately, she didn't get to eat it. But no, it was no. probably good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was eventually probably very burned. But yeah, yeah. No, it, I mean, fault. yeah, you saw it catch on fire um, at some point. <laughs> Don't blame Drew. Uh, so, yeah, this is it's fucking scream. This is a five high stakes trivia games out of five for me. <laughs> nice. Um, we didn't talk about the guy that does the voice. Does that voice in all the movies? Yes. He also does the voice of Mojo Jojo and Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> yes, I learned that. And he wasn't allowed to see that. The uh, actors weren't allowed to see him uh, during the filming, which is so yeah. fascinating. They like did not know what Ghostface looked like. Good, so. it's good voice work. Excellent voice work. Man, yeah, cool movie. This is a, a franchise I like a lot. They are making another one at this point. It's not clear. If uh, Nev Campbell's in the next one, and that would be a shame. So sad. Jeffrey would be over it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They've I, all, I read about that. The most recent one does make other people the main characters, but she's still in it as a, in a very important role. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you can't, they, they'd have to have a really good reason not to have Sydney in the next one. Yeah. Like, and I feel bad too. Nev Campbell's great in these movies. Yeah. <laughs> she is really great. Anyway. Uh, it's easy to keep Gail around because she's like a news reporter totally. and, a, and an author and, you know, <laughs> but Sydney's just so, just like a human person who doesn't want to get murdered. So they right. do, they do have to keep coming up with reasons why she's around all these murders. <laughs> she just keeps like getting into martial arts or, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, I think this movie's the best. I think scream two has scream two's opening after this one is definitely the best uh, in the franchise. Ooh, though. it's okay. really good. Intrigued. Really good shit. Jada Pinkett Smith in that one. So, mm, um, yeah. I think probably just Jada Pinkett in 1997. I don't know. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, we've been ending the podcast for a while now. So I'll just say <laughs> uh, you can listen to us on not Letterboxd. That's where my mind went. On Pod Beans. What else do they make? Pod podcasts right oh yeah uh apple podcasts stitcher spotify google podcasts pod means again though you gotta get them pod beans in there um you can buy t-shirts on t public it's actually just the design you can put it on anything they make you can get a, a mug with greg's face on it a mug with greg's mug <laughs> 
Why don't I say that every week? <laughs> <laughs> onesies. Onesies. They do sell onesies. I'm almost positive. Uh, they had a sale just the other day, but it's, you know, nine days since we recorded it when you're listening to this, so maybe they don't anymore. <laughs> Who's to say? Who's to say? They have a sale like every week. It's fine. Uh, what else? You can email Noah at late to the movies at gmail.com. You can go to our, it might be late to the movies pod or podcast. I don't know. Email all of those addresses. (laughs) See what bounces back. Uh, Our Instagram, we post a fun poster every week featuring the faces of the people on the episode in case you need a visual to go with the audio. Uh, Mostly just, it's just, you know, parody posters of the movie that we talked about and they're fun. Uh, And that's on Instagram at late to the movies underscore pod. That's pretty much it. Thanks for being on, Kate and Jeffrey. Thank Thanks, you. Do you like scary movies? <laughs> Somewhat. <laughs> <laughs>